Welcome back. Are you ready? A little bit of baseball. A little bit of baseball. Getting ready to get underway. Excited about it. Bucks in the driver's seat uh, down at Pfizer Forum tonight, taking on the Boston Celtics. Looking forward to watching the Brewers and the Cubs today. And then I'm heading down to the Pfizer to catch the game tonight. And short of getting a uh, deal done for Aaron Rodgers today, which would make today the sporting trifecta in the state of Wisconsin, you do have Luke Fickle and the Wisconsin Badgers uh, doing their thing via spring ball. But uh, beyond that, it is uh, it is a plethora of stuff going on throughout the state. Which brings us to our next guy, which is our buddy Kevin Holden, CBS 58, now joining us on the highlight, who will be in attendance with us eating Stenny's wings come Monday. And I'm looking forward to that as well. Happy opening day, Kevin. How you doing? Happy opening day, Bill. Yeah, this is this is an exciting time. It's just it, I don't know if there's anything that that's as fun as starting that that with that zero and zero record with all kinds of optimism. Everybody in Pittsburgh, they're optimistic today. How often does that happen? <laughs> right? Yeah, that doesn't happen very not in Pittsburgh anyway. That's for damn. I mean, it's we are family. They're still living on that from years gone by in those badass Super Bowl hats. <laughs> they're treating 1979 like it's two weeks ago it's, it's right uh, unfortunately it's true but yeah it's it just it's fun it's it's a great time and you know it starts it off it just means that warmer weather is coming like uh you know if it, if it isn't here yet where where these people are watching games it's going to be here so let's talk about uh th- this brewers team and a lot of you know i i guess realistic thoughts kevin i mean how, how good do you think this team can be? Is this a team that's going to contend for the division? Is this a team that's most likely to play second or third? And where would you place them in the division right now with all the other teams? Yeah, it's, I, I still think that this Brewers team has, uh, and they have for the last couple of years, have had the one thing that they've been missing traditionally, which is great pitching, great starting pitching specifically. And, you know, you, you go in with, Burns and Woodruff now several years into their careers and just all kinds of success for both of them. Freddie Peralta's in that boat. He's been, you know, there for long enough and, and been successful long enough. He's a fine pitcher. They've got guys in behind him. Like this is that pitching is going to help them compete no matter what, even if the offense is anemic, they're still going to win some games. And I think the offense won't necessarily be anemic. I think there's a little more pop in there than there was. Uh, there's there's a couple of positions I still want to see sorted out, but I think I think the worst case scenario, they're, they're a, a second to third place team in the division, and I think they got a pretty good chance of uh, of competing for that division title. They should be right there with the Cardinals fighting through the year, in my mind. So you look at the lineup today, and we it's funny because the lineup came out and people are already going, wait a minute, why is Winker hitting second? Well, I mean, it's like we haven't even played a game, and there's criticism and question regarding the uh, the lineup. So what do you make of the top of the lineup of this team, of Christian Yelich and Winker, and obviously Rowdy Telez batting cleanup? Uh, is this a team that's going to have uh, any at all average as opposed to a lot of strikeouts and bombing the baseball? Yeah, it is. It is a, it is a modern analytics-led team. There is no doubt about that. They've, they've got guys that are going to cut from the heels. They're going to hit home runs. They're going to strike out a lot yes. because that's no longer an, an issue, you know, in the, uh, in, in the modern baseball world. If you strike out a bunch of times, it's okay. So that, you know, that part's going to be all right. 
I think eventually over time, I wouldn't mind seeing Garrett Mitchell become someone who could be the top of the order guy and let Yelich bat a little farther down, even if it's just second. I think I like that a little bit better. Yelich is a, is a very good pure hitter, good average, good on base percentage, and he's fine in that one hole. But Garrett Mitchell has this this motor, this high motor, uh, to use an NFL draft term and cross it over, that uh, that that is going to, I think, eventually be a spark plug for this this lineup. The kind of guy you'd want to see in that one hole is going to put pressure on a pitcher. So maybe that's the the change I'd like to see. <clears throat> Winker in the two hole is interesting, but uh, you know, this, the, Craig Council loves to throw some wrinkles. There's no doubt about that. So, um, Kevin, the the middle uh, to me, the Achilles heel of this team not only has it been uh, over the last couple of years the amount of strikeouts that this team has had, but also now you look at say the middle relief or the bullpen itself. Is that to where you could say if there's going to be a a an Achilles heel to this team, that's where it'll be? Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I still. I, I think they start games well, and I, I feel like Devin Williams will be fine closing games. But getting between them, getting from the starter to the closer, is uh, is going to be a, a bit of an adventure in some days. And the thing about it with this, you know, again, going to, to modern baseball and the way it works, pitch counts and, you know, saving arms and that kind of thing is, you know, this team – years ago would have just had those guys all go eight. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, they right. Just Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, just throw seven or eight and be done with it. But it's not really the way it works anymore. So if they throw five and Devin Williams is set for the ninth inning, then, then yeah, you're, you're going to be looking at a whole lot of Peter Strzelecki and Bryce Wilson and Hobie Milner. And yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's, out of that group always seems to come one or two guys that, that have been decent. Hobie Miller had a good year last year, but uh, they, yeah, it's still getting those outs in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning is, is going to be interesting. I think this is the year that we really miss the era of Brewers baseball, where it was Hader and Corey Knable, uh, you know, Jeremy Jeffress, where you had like three dudes and you could, you could basically shut down seven, eight, and nine. This team does not have that ability, unfortunately. Um, so let me go back to when you talk about that, that setup guy, uh, it's Devin Williams job to lose as far as the closer goes. Who is that seven, eight, nine guy? Is that just going to be uh, kind of a, a grouping uh, via attrition and they'll eventually work itself out is what you figure? Yeah, I think my guess is council will play matchups a little bit too, since he has to put a guy in now for three hitters at a time, you know, the rule from, from last year, that's uh, still in effect. You know, you could see if it's, you know, if it's a couple of lefties in there, I could see Milner throwing an eighth inning. If it's all righties, I could see Matt Bush throwing an eighth inning. Um, there's, you know, there, there's a couple of, of different ways to approach it. And I also think that, that Aaron Ashby's return, whenever that is, is going to change things a bit for this team because if they can use him to eat up multiple innings in between, now I feel way better about it. Like if you if you give me five innings of Brandon Woodruff and then two of Aaron Ashby, now you're through seven, and 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 now it's much much easier. So Ashby is a guy that that can change the face of the bullpen. But other than that, yeah, if you if you ask me who's throwing the eighth today, I have no idea. It's it's kind of wide open right now. Um. So uh, win total. Uh, you're saying eighty seven, ninety, ninety two. Are you getting crazy on me? What are you thinking? <laughs> well, you know, I always get crazy. That's that's <laughs> that's how I right? work. But in win totals, I, I think I think this team has a has a shot at ninety, but ninety is going to require 
things to go right offensively. It's going to require Jesse Winker to be what they need him to be. It's going to require Contreras to be, uh, you know, as a hitter, what he can be to blossom finally in a, in a you know, full season as a starting catcher. Uh, if those things happen, the 90s, well in range. If they're not, they might struggle down around the 87 mark, 87, 88, or even a little lower. Um, it's, it's possible that, that they just pitch their way through all this. You know, it's possible that they could just be good enough to just pitch their way to 90. Uh, but, but again, that has to go completely right. And in that case, you have to hope for no after effects of Corbin Burns and what happened during the, you know, spring training and all the stuff leading up and him hiring Boris Corp. You, you have to hope that none of that touches anybody in that clubhouse in a regular season. Uh, I think that there's a possibility that happens, but uh, it's it's not for sure, and that's definitely a storyline to watch. Talking uh, with Kevin Holden, the CBS 58, you can find him at 321QKevin over on Twitter. And uh, you're going to, by the way, our buddy Chuck Freeman's going to join us on Monday. Freems is with us. Are you serious? Yeah, it'll be me, you, and Freems on, uh, on Monday morning eating wings and garlic cheese bread and Bloody Marys and all that kind of good stuff. This is you. Everything you're saying right now is just fantastic. This is yeah. this is why the most optimistic time of the year. I can't wait. To see <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> hey, real quick, uh, going. To, I want to talk about Corbin Burns for a minute because uh, obviously a lot of thought about will they or will they not trade him? What is his value? What it depends on what he does this year. He, he hired Scott Boris. You know he's going to free agency. He's going to get a ton of money to go somewhere else. So, do you trade him come the trade deadline? I, you know, I, I hate it because I thought the Josh Hader trade in an exact same situation with a year and a half left on the contract really left a sour taste in the clubhouse. And the last thing you want to do is go back there. But it is a situation where the Brewers aren't going to retain Corbin Burns. It, it's not going to happen now. And so – that to me means you have to consider it. And especially if things hadn't quite gone the Brewers way, if you get to June or July and it's like, uh, you know, there's holes here. This team may not be the type that, that can compete for, you know, the, you know, for a pennant this year, then you really have to seriously consider it. You would get a massive haul back for Corbin Burns. And, and that's the, the advantage of it. The disadvantage of course, is you see another great, uh, you know, prospect that comes out of the system, a great pitching prospect who finally the Brewers develop into, uh, you know, a Cy Young award winner, and then he disappears. He's gone. And that's that's the the disappointing side. But, uh, yeah, I think especially if you're if you're behind where you want to be in the standings, I think I think a Corbin Burns trade is greater than 50-50 at this point. If they're – let's say they're right there and they're actually battling the Cardinals for the top spot. Do you Do you move them? I don't. <laughs> if uh, if I'm in that position uh, and and I got a team that's all in, and maybe this is a lesson that was learned last year because the Brewers were a first place team when they traded Josh Hader, and they didn't make the playoffs. So if they if the, there was a lesson to be learned from it, it's that you have something good in the moment, and you don't necessarily want to mess that up, especially if you have that top notch starting pitcher. If they're if they look like they could win the NL. I don't think I would move Corbin Burns. I think I would take the penalty of what you would get down the line, you know, getting less in a trade down the line for having Corbin Burns available to you for a full year because it's special. And if fans and, and everybody else alike would like to have special together as long as you can, if they can do that this whole year, that would be ideal. If they, 
if they do that, I think it'll be exciting. And I hopefully they've learned enough to, to hang on to him if they're a first-place team in July. Uh, give me your thoughts on Council. Was this his last year? Yeah, that's a weird thing, too, that the, you know, you sort of underneath all of this is this undercurrent of, of what's going to happen with Council. I, I feel like that he's had a position within this organization, and it, and it goes back to before he was a manager because he was with the franchise even after he retired as a, you know, an advisor and assistant before uh, coming back on board as the manager. I can't imagine he goes anywhere. I just, I think they'll figure this out, but I, I don't, I just cannot imagine mm-hmm. at the end of this run where he's had such an impact on the franchise and on the game of baseball and how the teams approach stuff. And I, I just, I can't imagine him walking away. I, I just simply can't do it. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't see him leaving. I mean, I guess, you know, for your kids, if you want to just go see your kids play ball, but I don't know. I, I, I think there's a very strong tie to this Brewers organization and continued success. And especially if they, perform well this year i i gotta think that maybe maybe craig would want to come back hey real quick before i let you go obviously the top story has always been uh and still will be as long as he's around is that aaron Rodgers? give me your thoughts on what's transpired and we've gone from a deal like matthew stafford a deal like uh you know russell wilson to a first round draft choice or two and now we're down to the possibility of taking just their second round draft choice all of this has gone on and Rodgers is still not a new york jet give me your thoughts yeah that, to me, the fact that it hasn't been finalized means there's some major jockeying that's going on in terms of, you know, what the compensation is, what the picks are, and what the teams, uh, you know, want, and that kind of thing. And that's it's, – it's interesting because I don't know if I have ever in my life heard so many different sides say this is done or treat it as if it's done when it's not done. That's, mm-hmm. That is – super bizarre to me and and i i gotta tell you it, this may be the cynic in me seeing things happen in you know in pro sports over the years but the longer this doesn't get done the more a little ray opens up of thought that he's not going i, I know that's crazy because everybody's saying he is but if if he was it i i would i would have thought it would be done by now I, the next couple of weeks don't bother me that much but if you get close to the draft and especially if you get to the back end of the draft and it hasn't happened, I wonder if there's at least, I mean, look, I'm talking 10% chance, but maybe there's a 10% chance this falls apart and, and he's back or, or retires, you know, just right. changes course or whatever. But I don't, it, it is beginning to bother me a little bit, Bill, it's not done yet, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I, and once you get past the draft, then the Brewers have, or the Packers have zero incentive to get rid of them before June 1st because then at least you can divide up some of that money and uh, you can maybe gain yourself a little bit of money and maybe a veteran free agent or somebody that you could pick up along the way that you could afford to put on your roster because then you can at least split that money up. So, uh, yeah, I think it behooves uh, more so the Jets to get the deal done than it does the Packers because the Packers have a bargaining chip on the backside of the draft should they not get the deal done, whereas the Jets don't have any incentive after that so or anything to gain after that other than getting their guy in camp. So good stuff as always, Kevin. Look forward to seeing you on uh, Monday morning too down at Stanny's. Well, I can't wait. I'm thinking Bloody Mary's already. There you go. Bloody Mary's, wings, and uh, the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread. We'll be face first in that stuff. Good stuff from our buddy Kevin Kevin Holden, CBS 58. Good stuff. It, it's opening day. Just makes you feel good, you know, excited about it. Uh, got a question here, and this is regarding Bally's, and I, I want to get into this because I'll be honest, I don't know. 
And if anybody out there does, let me know. But uh, this is uh, from Jesse. Jesse says, hey, uh, I'm watching the Brewers pregame right now while I listen to the program, uh, and Bally's is still the host. I thought Bally's was defunct. What's going on there? Isn't Major League Baseball putting on the production? I, I don't know. If anybody knows, let me know. I, I, I see exactly what you're seeing here in front of me as we get ready for the, the Brewers and the Cubs. But the, the great big B, the big Bally's B is still up there. Uh, I think the B now, though, stands for bankrupt. Uh, I, I could could be wrong on that, but I think the B now stands for bankrupt. So we'll have to check into that. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back, the Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on in this opening day. Opening day, good stuff. Hey, got to say thanks to our buddy uh, Dwayne at Dwayne's Cover It All up in Wausau. And uh, whether it's boat covers, awnings, gym equipment, office furniture, so much more. Uh, upholstery, you name it, uh, he can do it. It's just he, he does a terrific job. And I've had many people that have sent stuff there. Uh, businesses with office furniture, office chairs have sent stuff there. Everybody just loves it. Uh, our buddy uh, uh, Jeff Stoley from Stoley's Hog Alley after the renovation, getting his uh, deck covering done, the uh, big sale, uh, getting it done by Dwayne. He just does such great work. Go ahead and give him a call uh, at 715-870-2119. Or go to Dwayne's, D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne's Cover It All.com. That is Dwayne's Cover It All. Dot com. Uh, let's go to Matt listening to us in Muskego. Matt, how you doing, man? What's going on? Bill, how are you? I'm doing great today, man. What are you thinking? Well, I tell you what, Bill. You know, uh, a few moments ago, uh, you brought up this thing about uh, whether Aaron uh, showed up in camp for the Jets um, mm-hmm. in April, May, perhaps. You know, I was thinking about that uh, the other day, actually. And uh, yeah, it would bother me, Bill. It would bother me a lot. Uh, we had new guys, too, okay? We had mm-hmm. a couple of receivers that never caught a pass from them in their lives. If he would show up for them and not not for us, I mean, after all, we were trying to chase a Super Bowl here. Um, you know, his stock in this man's eyes would drop like a stone. That's just that's just my take on it. Um, I believe and appreciate the phone call. I believe that. Um, I, my my heart, as I said, my my heart as a fan says, "Oh my God!" You know, if he goes in and you know works out early with the Jets and does this and that and and all the things that we wanted him to do here, yeah, you're upset about it because you're wishing he would have done it last year. But then again, this is a new team, um, a new facility. I mean, he he doesn't even know where the locker room is at this point. You know, so um, I'm I get it. It is what it is. Um. The, the 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 sentimentality to me, logic-wise, says he has to get in early. He has to work with Nathaniel Hackett. He has to work with Salah. He has to be the guy that goes and, and, and indoctrinates and endears himself to a new team, you know? But as a Packers fan, you're going, well, why didn't he do that last year? And I 100% agree. 
100% agree. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, you want to give us a shout? Uh, talking a lot of brewers today. A lot of, lot of It's opening day. I mean, come on. A lot of brewers today. You want to chat about that? You want to chat about the Packers? You want to chat about uh, Aaron Rodgers? Phone line's wide open in that sense. Uh, this is from Benjamin who says, uh, first of all, the win total for the Milwaukee Brewers, 90. And my prediction is Aaron Rodgers will be traded to the New York Jets and it'll be finalized next week. We all know Rodgers has already moved on. The deal is all but done. It's just going to be crossing the T's, dotting the I's, and the semantics of where they are. Uh, and Benjamin goes on to say, he said, don't you think that Goody and the Jets got together during the owners' meetings and they've worked most of this out? Now it's just a matter of getting back, getting Russ Ball involved, and sitting down and signing the paperwork. I'm, I'm thinking yes. I'm thinking yes. But I'm kind of like, eh. I'm, uh, I, it still may be worth your while if you're the Packers to just kind of hang on to see if the Jets are going to panic just enough to give you in some way, shape, or form a better draft pick or that first-round draft pick. Uh, I don't know what's going to change, but – but maybe uh, maybe it's worth your while to hang out a little bit more. Hey, Willie writes in and says, uh, what do you think of Jesse Winker? He's not been a good clubhouse guy. They didn't like him much in Cincinnati. They certain, certainly didn't like him last year. How do you think he's going to fit into the Brewers clubhouse? Don't I don't know. Uh, I, I've Boy, it's been a while since I was in either clubhouse. Um, I was down there last year a couple of times. But, uh, but Craig Council has a way of getting guys together because council's not so far removed from being a player and he's very much a hands-on guy. He's very much a let's sit down in my office or let me come out and sit down next to you in the clubhouse and talk to you. So he's pretty good at keeping his finger. Have we ever witnessed a team that didn't seem like they were together? Like, even last year, early on, now towards the end, I think it broke apart, and Council couldn't put his arms around it. After they traded Hayter, I think that did something to the chemistry of the team. I, I think everybody has admitted that. And and Council couldn't – he couldn't Band-Aid it. He couldn't put it back together. And that's not on him. It's just to say that even, even Craig Council couldn't put that back together. But I don't think I've ever seen a Brewers team that wasn't together where you didn't have separatist cliques, as I've seen in the past. So I think Council's pretty good with that. So no matter – and again, you got to give a guy a chance. You know, we've heard bad stories about a lot of other players that have come into the Brewers organization, and they've loved it here, and the Brewers have loved having them. So – you got to give a guy an opportunity to indoctrinate himself and then see what happens. It could be that those other clubhouses had egos that did not mix well with Jesse Winker. It's just that they were bigger stars. I've always said, I look, look, I, I mean, I know they love Joey Votto in Cincinnati, but Joey Votto, from the times, the interactions that we've had a chance to have with him, he's one of the biggest asses I've ever met. Um, He, he, he tries to portray himself as a really good guy, and he's just—he's not in a lot of ways. 
So, and I know they love him in Cincinnati. They they think he, the world of this guy, but behind closed doors, I've heard some things as well. So, I don't know. I I I that's a great question, and I guess time will tell. Obviously, uh, you know, and then we'll be able to have hindsight. But I I don't know. Don't know. Uh, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. 877-867-1670. On this opening day of the baseball season. Cubs and Brewers coming up today. Looking forward to it again. If you are listening to us, some stations may move over uh, to Brewers coverage. Make sure you download the app. WOZN, The Zone Madison. WOZN, The Zone out of Madison. And you can listen to us. You can listen to the game. You can keep us on and have the game on the TV or whatever in the background. Keep uh, keep it right here. So uh, WOZN, The Zone, Madison. Download the app, and you can still pay attention to the program. You can watch us on YouTube. You can watch us on Facebook. You can watch us on Twitch TV as well. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show now. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Big announcement coming out of Pottawatomie. Tomorrow, tomorrow they're going to open up their sports book. They've been uh, kind of scrambling to get this thing done. And uh, one of the smaller scaled down versions of it, but it's going to be opening. Go to PaysBig.com. The sports book is about to open. PaysBig.com to see all the information. Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Bingo is back. We had a great time last weekend at the 360 bar. Uh, tons of fun. Some good music and such, but... Uh, everybody won too. That was the best part about it. Just about everybody won some money, went home a little bit, uh, a little bit more, a little more loaded in the pockets, but had a great time at Pottawatomie hotel casino. Go to paysbig.com. That is paysbig.com. Um, let's go to John in, is, are we still got John in Madison? Ben? We do. Yep. We do. Let's go to John in Madison. John, how you doing today, man? What's up? Hey, Bill. Great show as usual. Thank you. Uh, Corbin Burns. Uh, mm-hmm. wondering what your thoughts are on whether Brewers have shot themselves in the foot um, and when they could have spent, what, a mere $700,000 more to during the uh, arbitration to whether that shot themselves in the foot to settle a contract down the road. Um, boy, that's a great – appreciate the phone call. The uh, No, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. They made themselves look bad, but what they did ultimately was just merely save $700,000 because – I don't think Corbin Burns was ever the, – the Brewers were never going to be able to afford him. So they made themselves look bad, but in the long run, they saved themselves $700,000 because he hired Scott Boris. I mean, if there was any shot at getting him, maybe they shot themselves in the foot. But you still got a lot of time to kind of make it up to him. But – I look Corbin Burns is if he has another Cy Young close season, like my prediction comes true. Say he ends up top five in baseball in the Cy Young voting. Okay, he's making an amount of money that the Brewers can't even fathom. The Brewers will never come close to matching that, unfortunately, in the landscape of baseball. And this is what sucks about baseball is you grow a guy, you bring him in, 
you grow this pitching staff, and for the first time in a long time, you're like, yeah, this is where we wanted to be. We got this. And then when it finally matures, you got to give it up. That's bad economics of baseball. Because that tells you as a, as a Brewers fan, oh, great, let's follow these guys in their career and let's bring them up. This is awesome. And only to watch them leave. And the last two guys that signed really big contracts turned out to be disappointments. Right? That signed really big contracts with the Brewers, where the Brewers said, you are going to be the face of the franchise. Braun signs the contract, gets busted with the PEDs. Christian Yelich signs a contract, hasn't been the same since. You know? I... <laughs> Baseball has an innate problem that neither side wants to address. You know why? Because we're not New York. We're not L.A. If New York and L.A. were screaming about it, it would get done. But they're not. They don't care. Because they've got the money. They've got their own networks. They've got more money than God. And small markets like the Brewers, like Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Oakland, they just, they're just collateral damage. They don't want to lose those franchises because it means more more money in the pot, but they're collateral damage. They just don't care. Rob Manfred doesn't care. And I really thought that there might be – Bud Selig did a lot. Uh, getting steroid testing in, getting taken to Capitol Hill and chastised through the 98 home run chase, I thought that might have set baseball up to say, let's get this whole thing right. But that's that's where they fell short. Bud did a lot for baseball. Wild card, playoffs and such, revenue share, steroid testing, all that. I mean, you look at what he did for the game of baseball, it's phenomenal. And what is the biggest thing Rob Manfred has done for baseball? If there's going to be anything, like if Rob Manfred retired today, what would be his legacy? The pitch clock? Is that it? The fact that baseball lost revenue compared to where it was? I, you know, they lost the Bally's. Bally's went bankrupt. What, what would be Rob Manfred's legacy? Ben, think about that. What would ben, Rob, Manfred's legacy, uh, Rob Manfred's legacy be if he retired today as the baseball commissioner? I think after this year passes and we see what the new rules do and whether they're beneficial or not, which I think in the long run they will be, I think those will be his legacy because those are – those are at least the most impactful things he's done, probably in a positive way. Yeah. All the other stuff is I, I don't know if it's Manfred's fault that Bailey went bankrupt. Maybe that's a business thing. I just right. I don't know enough about it. But but I, I'm just looking at it as what's happened on his watch. They they got rid of the shift and they put it put in a pitch clock. Bud Sealy brought in repa, replay, the wild card. Expanded postseason, interleague play, revenue sharing, steroid testing. Rob Manfred has seen the DH across both leagues, the banning of the shift, and a pitch clock. 
I mean, that's it, really. That's it. There, there's been no big landscape other than a DH, which, you know, and again, I wasn't in favor of that. I was in favor of it all going to the National League style of baseball because I want to see baseball players be baseball players, not just guys going up and gripping it and ripping it. But I understand why they did it, but I don't necessarily agree with it. But what we've seen is, is strikeouts go to an all-time high. So they had to mess with the rules because hitters can't hit. And pitching has become prevalent. And like I said, I mean, it's whether it's his fault or not, Bally's goes bankrupt, leaves a bunch of teams high and dry in the, in the, the terms of a, almost $150 million. He's got nothing. There's nothing to his credit, nothing to his legacy. He's, he's been an awful commissioner. And I go back to the whole negotiation during COVID in which he got busted saying – putting everybody, they were going back and forth publicly with the Players Association, trying to just screw the players out of this this and that. And I understood it. You know, the players didn't, they didn't need to make all of their money. Nobody was going to make all of their money, so why should the players? I understand all of that. But then after going back and forth and talking about the sanctity of baseball and the fans and this and that, and then to turn around and get caught saying, well, I was never going to play more than 60 games anyway, then, then why'd you put us through this? which was one of the dumbest things. he And he said it publicly. It wasn't like it, it was on a recording that somebody got. He said it publicly after forgetting what he said. It, it just, you know, it, it's, it's, he's got nothing to his legacy, now that I think about it. Uh, 877-867-1670. Were you going to say something? Yeah, wouldn't you say in general, not to defend Manfred, but I guess I can draw this to the Big Ten in college football, isn't kind of the legacy of a of a commissioner drawn to the long-term viability of the sport or of the conference where I, I mean what Kevin Warren and others in the sport did to college football I don't like I don't like the fact that USC and UCLA are joining but it had to be done and it sets the Big Ten up to obviously be a premier conference into the future mm-hmm. with TV deals and such and we don't see that money but we know that it's going to exist if in theory, all of these new rule changes and, and stuff they're doing helps the long-term viability of baseball. Like, there could be something there. Where, right. Like, yeah, I don't like Roger Goodell very much either, but he has done a, a pretty great job of ensuring the long-term viability of the NFL financially. Oh, absolutely. But when you look at the leagues, the leagues are equal. When you look at the teams and their monetary viability, the teams are equal. When you look at the NFL and their their monetary viability, the teams for the most part are equal, short of what the revenue they draw outside of the walls of their actual stadium. They have the ability, like the, the Packers. I mean, the Packers are the smallest market in all the major sports, and there's they're like top 10, top 12 in the NFL. I mean, they have the ability to go out and make money. You can't say that about the Brewers. The Brewers have... I mean, they start every year with a deficit. And I'm not talking deficit of money, but we went through this. When you've got the Oakland A's, or yeah, the Oakland A's, spending $45 million on a, on a payroll, and you've got the New York Mets at $325 million 
there is something wrong, innately wrong with your sport. And, you, you know, you can talk about the shifts and the numbers and winning and, 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 you know, pitch clocks and instant replays and adding an additional, you know, team for revenue into the postseason. I get all of that. But when you start the season already behind the eight ball because you don't have the ability to, to legitimately compete, or if you're a small market team and you do compete, it is very short-lived because of your inability to retain those players because of the monetary discrepancy, you, you have something innately wrong with your sport. Right. The question I would ask is, is that all Manfred's problem or is that also the owner's problem? No, no, it's, it's both. It's it's the owners and the players. Because he's but kind the of the, that, like the the public facing meat shield of the owners in a way, where yeah, it'll come back on him because he's the commissioner. But when they're hardly. in the collective bargaining uh, discussions, how much is that just on the owners for not accepting changes to the structure? Wholeheartedly, and 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 the, like like I said, the only way this ever changes is if New York and L.A gets together to say we've got to help everybody not just ourselves and they'll never do that they'll never do that unless suddenly you start seeing franchises and fan bases like in milwaukee like in cincinnati like in pittsburgh like in kansas city like in oakland start to say you know what we're not going anymore we're not paying anymore not until something is done and collectively as those groups go they then become as powerful as major markets but there's that that'll never happen that's a pipe dream. But but that is the that is the the giant pink elephant in the room that really of the big 4 if you want to include hockey into that mess uh, of the NBA, the uh NHL, baseball and football, that that's the big pink elephant in the room that drag that is the boat anchor of baseball. Because when you look at uh, a team like the Brewers who finally finally get homegrown talent of great pitching, I mean great pitching, and you know already going into this season that he's not going to be around, and most likely come mid-portion of the season, he's gone. Are you buying a Burns jersey? Are you going out to see and getting excited about Corbin Burns or about the second half of this season, knowing that he's most likely to be gone? You know, it, it's it's massively disappointing. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break. 877-867-1670. Fine. It's got more of the Bill Michael show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. Welcome back. Thanks to everybody for listening to us on the app. And uh, for those that did turn to the app, the app should be fixed. Just an FYI. If you're listening to me, obviously, you know it is. Uh, thanks to uh, our friends over at New Mail Medical. New Mail Medical's uh, helping guys all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. If you got ED and you know it, uh, not clap your hands, but give them a call. 414 uh, you can also give them a call for low T if you're feeling moody, if you're sleep. If you're over the age of 30 and you're just dragging, can't figure out why, you're starting to put on weight, you're not sleeping real well at night, all that kind of stuff, call them, 414-455-4451. The all-in-one weight loss program, doing good. Uh, I always want to do better, but doing good. And uh, all you got to do is follow it. I mean, it works. 
the whole thing's laid right out. Every day I get an email that says, here's your day today. And that's, and I follow it. And there you go. Uh, call them 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. That is, uh, our friends over there at the new mail medical center, new mail medical center. Give them a shout. Um, well, Justin Verlander news right out, right away out of New York. Justin Verlander placed on the IL with a low grade, uh, what is that? A, a, a terrace major strain? What is that? Like in the elbow? It sounds exotic. Yeah, I know. Teres. T-E-R-E-S. Terrace major strain. He's going to continue to throw at a moderate intensity. And they're going to rescan in a week. Uh, they're going to provide an update at that time. But the Mets putting that out there a little while ago. Justin Verlander. Already with a terrace major strain. Ben, you got to look that up and see what the terrace is. Oh, I'm looking it up. Terrace major say. injuries result in pain and difficulty with activities that require sideways or backwards backwards movements with the arm. So in the shoulder then, kind of, correct? Yeah, I think so. In the shoulder? I don't do well with with doctor terminology, doctor language. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, the elevated upper arm. The elevated upper arm, so shoulder, bulbous shoulder muscular area. There you go. Good stuff. And they already lost uh, Edwin Diaz mm-hmm. in the World Baseball They lost Classic. Diaz in the World but Yeah, he was doing the, the happy dance. He's done for the season, right? Yeah, it, it seems like it. Yeah. It's early. It was uh, he he tore his, his uh, kneecap, whichever mm-hmm. muscle that's called. Yep. It's a likely. The, the patellar or something yep. or other. Patella. Yeah. Uh, and they got Max Scherzer going today on the hill for them. So they lose Verlander. They lost Diaz. But, oh, by the way, Scherzer's going today. Okay. Yeah, it does hurt them, though, I mean, because they, they had really – the Mets had it lined up, man, pitching-wise. They had some seriously good stuff. And, well, it's uh, kind of funny because they let DeGrom go, arguably the greatest pitcher of the generation when he's actually mm-hmm. on the mound, because they thought he got hurt too much. Then they right. signed Verlander to replace him, <laughs> right. and then before he even has a start, he's hurt. Right? Verlander gets nicked Sometimes you're just the Mets. Like, there's nothing Uh, they can do. Pitching is so incredibly fickle. It just is. Pitching is just so bizarre. Because you just never know. Pitchers and arms, it is such, uh, you know, it is such a highly contorted, um, how do I put this? It It is such an unnatural position for the body to be in on a consistent basis. It's one thing, you know, if you're going to throw a rock into a pond or if you're picking something up and tossing it aside or whatever, but to actually throw a baseball for a living over and over again, it is at, at some point you're bound to get hurt. At some point you're bound to have soreness. It just, it seems like every pit, like one of the only guys that really, it never happened to that I can remember in my, the history of me would be a guy like Nolan Ryan. He was just a, a straight over the top power pitcher for so many years and didn't ever seem to really go down with any type of an injury for a sustained period of time. I just, I, 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 every pitcher I can think of has at one point or another suffered something in the arm, the shoulder, the elbow. It, it just, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we got another hour yet to go. The stream is up, everything's working. They're singing the national anthem down there at Wrigley. 
We've got, uh, and it's a smat. It'll be a packed house, but it's a smattering of a crowd right now. A lot of empty green seats. But it's you and I. Another hour yet to go. And then after this, after this, heading down to the Fiserv Forum where the Bucks are going to be going at the Celtics tonight too. We've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm enjoying it. Whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> 